John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcast. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one, and thank you guys for listening. And I'm sure you didn't boo any of your teammates. I'm sure you were cheering loudly for them that day. Yeah, that goes back to the intimacy. I I, I didn't say – I yelled at Aquino, like I, I said hello, and I didn't say it too loudly, and he turned around and waved back at me, and he was like <laughs> – Harry Larkin? Is that you? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And, boy, we are honored to bring back a – He's a returning guest. He joined us a few seasons ago and now during the offseason as well. He is the one and only former league MVP of your Cincinnati Reds. Hello, Joey Votto. How are you? Hey, hey, good. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Is that a Cincinnati Royals sweatshirt? It is. Yeah. Represent. Yes. That is way old school, by the way. Yeah, I think Oscar Robertson played for this team, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct, sir. Ding, ding, ding. You get it. <laughs> and for that, you get to already answer a question about chess. How did it go last night? I'm I'm not stalking your Instagram, but I'm stalking your Instagram. Well, if you're stalking, then you know I won. I know. Yeah. Um, it was good. I've been having a good time. It's nice to, you know, you we have these in-season routines that are you know of course it's work but there's a real social aspect to it and it's nice to i'm going to adjust my screen here it's nice to have a group of um people that you get to spend time with there we go that you get to spend time with and build relationships with and get to know their families and once the season's done i don't have i don't have that i'm working on that and so this chess feels like i go to the same place every week i'm getting to know people um we're all cool and it's like a group of really cool people that hang out every monday so is is this a childhood passion or is this a new endeavor once um once March 2020, you know, kicked in where a lot of people spent time at home. Um, I decided to start playing a little bit of chess and it became it's become a bit of an obsession. So I've I've had a really good time uh, trying to improve, but also, um, you know, trying to um, just have fun with it. So it's very social, which I really like about it. So are you? Can you uh can you trash talk in chess like when you if like you won last night how many people were in the in the tournament The room's about 100 people full and Ooh. yeah and maybe even more than that there's probably about 100 people let's call and uh, every week it's uh, there's a new matchup and you're uh, there's an um a, a an under 1400 rating an under 1800 rating and then no no limit and I'm under 1400 because I don't have a rating. So they plot me in the under under 1400. And that's, I believe, a FIDE rating, which is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what FIDE stands for. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing in that and I've been doing it weekly. It's been fun. So, so when you uh, win, 
Um, do you get up? Do you beat your chest? Do you celebrate? Do you high five? Like if you were to have hit a, a walk off or something like that, how do we celebrate in chess? You, you shake hands and oftentimes you go over the game together because chess is one of those things where you, you don't, you know, of course you can get upset, but you'd be better served if you learned. Mm-hmm. And so shake hands and then do what you will. And uh, I, I had to go home because I had to train the next day. So I hustled out of there and, and uh, took the train home. And yeah, it was a, it was a fun night. Yeah. Did you okay. see, did you see my, um, Oh, heck yeah. I dancing? did. Oh, that was on a Toronto uh, public transportation platform. I had a fella in front of me that looked over and was like, dude, what are you doing? How old are you? you know? And then people behind, you know, and they know what it is nowadays. There's a lot of people dancing at random, you know, for social media. And, um, and then, um, yeah, I, I ended up editing it on my trip home and then posting it. And because I didn't, anyways, I ended up posting and got a lot of good reactions. So. Of course you did. But, you know, that's been a big thing for you in recent years. And this is something that Trevor Plouffe, my cohort here at John Boy Media, he said, I want to ask Joey this. He goes, does he work on his dances? Is that just natural ability? You know, what do you do? Because it has, it's become part of your thing, dude. Well, no, there's no like natural dancers. I don't think almost everything takes some reps, but it's whether or not you can like pick it up efficiently. So you don't have to like, I don't know. I'm not a good dancer by any means, but you not know, true. a couple dances I did last night were, were fun to fool around with. So yeah. Yes. I, look at this. This is very uh, emotional. It's like, <laughs> like you expect one thing and then. And then here I am dancing. Yes. How about that outfit too, huh? It's good. The pants it's are good. tight. And yeah. uh, you know, I those glasses are blue light blocking glasses. I don't wear glasses. But that dance right there, that's a win. Is, Dab. Yeah. And then the, you know, little running thing. So yeah, it was good. Was that a one take? Yeah, of course. Good. Some editing. Yeah, man, oh, man, there's poor people behind me like, yo, what are you doing with those socks? You know, you're yeah, you're wearing the uh, the old Jim Tomei's pull them up. How's Jim doing? Huh? Hey, buddy. Hey, pal. Hey, you're nice doing what great. great. What a great player. Unheralded great player. I mean, 600 home runs and, and like one of, of the nicest human beings ever. Wow. What a combination. Yeah. Nice, man. Holy smokes. Um. Did you do any traveling this offseason? Because I've seen you rehab and we're going to get to that and how you're feeling and stuff. But I I know you're, you know, you have a lot of interest. Did you get a chance to travel? I did. I went to Brazil and Argentina um, and went to uh, Brazil for a tattoo. And then I went to Argentina because Buenos Aires is close to Sao Paulo, close to Rio. So I was in the area and took that in. I was supposed to go to the World Cup. I actually had like 10 matches, nine, 10 matches of tickets and a hotel and i was supposed to go to dubai and abu dhabi and, and doha and i was making so much progress with my rehab and you know i i i feel like i'm at a place where i've always kind of been this way where i just don't want to mess up a good thing mm-hmm. and i didn't want to interrupt my my rehab momentum and so i decided to not go on the trip 
And that was a bit of a bummer because I was really excited about it. But after how poorly I played this year in combination with the with the rehab and the injury, I thought it wasn't it didn't make sense to to take a trip right in the heart of my offseason jet jet lag when I get there jet lag when I get back it ends up being if I go for two three weeks a full month long process so you know I I'm really glad I didn't because I've I've started swinging a bat and I've I again have felt like I made good progress and most important thing at this point in my life this point in my career is to be prepared for the major league season to be prepared for you know like your hat says uh, Cincinnati red so well, don't worry about it. You only missed the greatest sporting event we've ever seen in the World Cup. So don't worry. Don't you're good. I didn't have tickets for the finals. It was more like uh, the initial round. So I, I had some good matchups. I was going to go say I probably would have. I think I had tickets for the match where Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. Oh, wow. Uh, there were some really nice matches I would have been a part of. But, you know, I, again, the most important thing in my life is is to perform well and to do well in a Reds uniform. So. I got to watch it like a lot of people did on television and it worked out. It worked out great. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you that, you know, I work at NFL network. Um, and so I go in every Sunday and the, the final was right before the early kickoffs on that Sunday. And they kept playing them in all the stadiums and you could see all the football players who are getting geared up, you know, ready to play. Yeah. And they're all watching the screens or they're all in the you know locker room watching it as a fellow professional athlete. Did you have nerves for those guys? How did you watch it differently maybe than us regular fans? Yeah, during the regular season. So you can tell where you are in the season based on what events are happening. We play every day and there's always televisions on in the clubhouse. Typically MLB Network is on and then whatever. Sport. Haven't heard of it, Joe. Well, you you know, forgive and forget sort of thing. Let's move on. But <laughs> typically, MLB Network's on, ESPN's on, depending on what's going on, or games, if there's especially games. If there's games on, we watch games. But, you know, March, it's the Combine, NFL Combine. Then it goes March Madness. And that that's how you know you're about to transition into the regular season. And then it goes, um, it goes Augusta. You know, with the with the Masters and then Kentucky Derby. And then, you know, I always remember I, I always can feel like the season's winding on winding down when the Little League World Series is on. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then uh, NFL starts, you know, it's about over. Usually, you know, you're in a good mood because either the team's about to go into the playoffs, the Reds or whatever team a player's on or um, you're bummed out because you're like, oh, NFL, you know, time's on, you know the games are only so meaningful that we're that we're a part of and so um i can relate to athletes being in their respective clubhouse or locker room uh taking in games and you do feel it you do feel it especially if there's great meaning to the event to the sport and i imagine a lot of the NFL players that were taking in those games probably got a lot of motivation from watching the greatness of Messi, of course, mm -hmm. but the 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 peak moment of winning a championship and seeing the fans' reaction, seeing their their community's reaction. So, you know, if I'm an NFL player and and I'm you know, for example, a Bill in Buffalo and we're about to play a game, you're thinking about how can I make Buffalo do this? Or if I'm a Bengal in Cincinnati, I'm thinking, how can I, you know, write last year's Super Bowl? How can I create that moment in my in my city? So 
Yeah, I, uh, I I love watching sporting events in in our clubhouse and getting inspiration from that for sure. Uh, you mentioned, by the way, that you went to Brazil to get a tattoo. I, I imagine that wasn't exactly just the reason. You probably stayed a little bit longer. What'd you get? Why Brazil? Like, why was that so important? There's a lot of places you could get a tattoo up in Toronto area or wherever else you may travel. Was there a reason? Right. Um, no, I did go to Brazil for the tattoo. If not, I would have gone to like I've always wanted to go to Tokyo and a hundred other places. Right. But I, I decided I made a, um, a connection with an artist down there. Wow. I felt like, so tattoo uh, tattoos are, are very much um, there's talent levels. And then there's styles. So his style and talent level match my match my goals. And it's, it was my first one. It was an image of my father and I playing catch, but it was like an abstract version, maybe not abstract, but very like watercolor. It's watercolor style, but very vague, almost dreamish. And he uh, was the perfect per person that I thought would be able to do this. And he just so happened to be in Sao Paulo. Well, it's a long way, you know, so like a 12 hour trip from yeah. Toronto or, or from Cincinnati, but it was worth it. And I'm glad I did. And he's, um, you know, he's, he, I thought he did an excellent job. That's wonderful. So, you were a teenager when you lost your father, correct? Um, my rookie year as a major. Oh, it was, okay. It was yeah, a little bit yeah, later. I was 24. Yeah. Okay. Um, how emotional was it when you were getting the tattoo? Right. It was because I felt like, um, I felt like so my father had a tattoo on his left arm also and I, I I at that time I think when when he got his tattoo it was less common for people to get tattoos mm -hmm. and I ended up getting mine in the same spot and so as far as emotion I was more emotional because you know I'm I'm 39 making such a major commitment you know it's a and I'd never done it before and I think it was like you didn't want buyer's remorse or be, to be regretful and that's what part of the reason why I want to go with someone that was like so talented and that way I could lean, I could trust, trust him or her. And, um, and so I was very nervous beforehand, very apprehensive to the point where I was like, I, I didn't want to leave and I didn't not want to get it, but I was like, uh, you know, you're like mm -hmm. hesitant. And I was just, I thought he did a beautiful job and I thought it was like, you know, like without sharing too much. Uh, there's my father and I used to play catch um, almost every day from about the age of nine or 10 years old till 13 years old. And he wanted to be a, me to be a pitcher. And so he would get in his crouch and I'd throw and eventually I started throwing harder. And, you know, we'd work on other pitches. And I just remember, like, I remember how proud he was when I'd hit the mitt, hit the mitt, like, like be accurate. Right. And so, um, in this in this tattoo he's holding his mitt up mm. and uh when my father died and we were burying him um uh, there were butterfly white butterflies that were floating around and the very first game i came back um and was on the field there was a white butterfly that landed on my shoulder right and so butterflies have meaning and we included that in in the image so it just like it's just he, I just felt like he did a beautiful job because it has meaning to me. And I wanted to make sure my first tattoo, which I enjoy getting them, um, had meaning and was one that I could like view as part of me for the rest of my life. And I feel that way. I feel that way. So it's a beautiful story. Thank you for yeah. sharing. Oh, yeah. No, you're very welcome. It's uh, I'm I'm happy to share it. Yeah.
my uh, my oldest son who's 22 you met him many years ago and uh now he's all grown up ish so he's got seven tattoos oh, cool. i don't have any i don't have any except for the one that the back surgeon put on my back for two microdiscectomies so that's that's the only one i've got you have a tattoo of um, no it's just oh, a surgery you... line just an incision oh, okay <laughs> are you going to get tattoos I, I know my my wife is like, well, you could go get a nice little tramp stamp on that thing if you want, Chris. Oh, like, yeah. well, what about another tattoo? Would you consider getting something else? Just my my kids and my wife, you know, I mean, cool. that's well, that that was the thing. You want to hear this? Our So our oldest son, he he always wanted to get one in high school. We were like, listen, you can't get one till you graduate high school. OK, and you either you have to talk to your aunt, my wife's sister, who got one at age 20 and now regrets it. I just want him to listen to somebody who's. I'm not trying to sway him. I just want him to understand the permanent part of the equation like you talked about. And I said, we're not going to pay for it. So two nights after he graduates, all his boys are over. And I said, OK, so what are you guys going to do? He goes, uh, and nobody says anything. I was like, what's going on, guys? Somebody says, yeah, Josh is getting a tattoo. And I was like, did you talk to your aunt? He said, no. I was like, God damn it, Josh. I asked you to do one thing. Talk to your aunt. And so finally... I was like, well, what do you get? And he said, I don't want to tell you. And finally he did. He said, We're, I'm going to get a rose. And he goes, I'm, I know I haven't been the easiest kid. I'm going to get your and mom initials. Oh, come on. Um, that's great. And so I, I started crying. I was like, here's the money. Oh, Here, just take it. That's there very sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. So I appreciate it. Hey, we'll get back to the chat in just a second. But, you know, big news around here has been my beard the last several months. And people say, well, you got to take better care of it and this and that and the other thing. Well, thanks to Manscaped, I can do that. They have got men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit, which I'm going to start using because now we can finally use Manscaped products to make our drapes match the carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the code Rose for 20% off and free shipping. Here's how it works. They got a cordless trimmer, has a rotary, rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So, you know, usually you'll get those things that's got like seven or eight different guards. Uh-uh. 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. Plus, it's waterproof. That means you can do your business in the shower instead of cutting your hair in the sink, which I hate to do. On top of that, the titanium-coated T-blade, it's tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency. It doesn't end there, though, right? You got to take care of your beard once you're done trimming it. The beard shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, promote beard health. You got that. You got Manscaped's beard oil. It relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath. And cap off that kit with the beard balm that shapes, styles, moisturizes, tames for the true sculpted look. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, a comb, a scissors to ensure that your beard is ready to impress. So right now, I want you to get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROSE at manscaped.com. Once again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code word ROSE. Manscaped, beer hedge, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. It's all there for you to enjoy. I'm going to start using mine today. Um, We talked a little bit that you've been obviously doing your rehab. You had um rotator cuff, correct? And a biceps? Is that yeah. accurate? Yeah, so um, I was... I was I like struggling with um, sleeping and I had a really hard time holding the bat from about July one on late June, July one. And I couldn't practice. Like I'm a practicer yes, you behind are. the scenes 
whenever I have a problem in game, I go behind the scenes and just get the reps in. And I couldn't get the reps in behind because it hurt so much when I would swing. So it, it bothered my hand, my elbow, and then definitely my shoulder and my bicep. And uh, not only could I, I, I like I mentioned earlier, I couldn't practice, but I also couldn't sleep. Like I was having a hard time sleeping. So like, um, you know, we play, we play often and we, little things come up, little nagging things come up and you, you think that you, you just ride it out. And it was one of those things that like, I started off so poorly in April that I was like, all right, I ha April was a poor start. Then I missed two weeks because of COVID. And then I was like, come on, let's fight back. Let's fight back and let's write the whole season. And then that way at the end of the season, you know, you can really enjoy your time off. Um, and as I was making progress towards getting to where I thought was a good, good place performance wise, then my arms started falling apart. Like, and I wasn't, I wasn't able to be what I thought was the best version of myself. So we had an MRI and then I decided to get surgery. And while they were inside repairing the rotator cuff, they realized my bicep was like, like, a you know, you see a cut rope that's kind of shredded. Uh, it, it needed to be attached to something they call it. Uh, they call it a tendinosis, tendinosis or no, not tenon uh, tendinesis. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I did it because I, I didn't, I didn't realize how much pain I was in at the time and how much it was affecting my performance. So, yeah. Well, I'm I mean, hopeful. we, you know, it's funny, you experience those and they tell you all the time and I'm being real right now. When I say this, they tell you all the time, players get worse as they get older. And of course, you know, there's an end to everyone. I was, I played so well in 21 and I was like, I'll just roll that good performance into the next year. And I was just so confused with my start. My start was a byproduct of using a new bat. I'm very confident in that and, and, and a technical decision. I tried to, I tried to pull the ball more just anti everything I've ever done in my life, in my baseball career, in my hitting career. And so like bad starts I've solved every single time in the course of my career. And, um, but the 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 arm thing i couldn't uh, like i said i couldn't overcome but i was like i'm gonna just i'm gonna play well this will get solved sort of thing and so the entire thing was confusing but you just you just hope that not hope but uh you it, everyone keeps telling you it's over you know you're too old are you gonna retire soon um you're not um you're not as good as you used to be sort of thing. And I just don't feel that way. Like, I think I can tell, I think I've been able, been able to like have enough feel that. And so I'm really looking forward to the challenge this year of, of, of playing well and, and, and doing that on a consistent basis, ideally healthy. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also kind of tired of, I guess it's my own fault, kind of tired of talking about myself. So I look forward to being on a team that's like really good that, uh, that I can just talk about the team also. So, yeah. Yeah. But since we're here, I do want yeah. to ask you about yourself. I don't think anybody would have blamed you if you had said, Hey, listen, this is, I mean, this isn't like a little scope. This is, this is a pretty big deal and a pretty major rehab at age 39 
if you had walked away a year early plus from your contract and said, hey, listen, it's been a great run and I have loved it. But man, this just seems like a big mountain to climb. You didn't think that way one bit? Um, I'm smiling because you're asking me to walk away from a good bit of money. And hey, that, by the way, and that's real too. So, you know, it's, it's, it, I don't want to do that. Okay. But that wouldn't be the reason why I would stay. Um, the reason why I would want to stay is because I, I like the challenge mm-hmm. and the idea of, of coming back from something that I thought was, uh, coming, coming back from something that I thought was, an interference to my typical level of performance um, appeals to me. You know, since the surgery, I've had a lot of free time and I'm so grateful. I feel so fortunate that, um, that I'm able to do what I do, do what I love um, because this is what I've chosen or what's chosen me. And I'm I'm thankful that I get to do uh, take on a craft, um, live live a passion that is like right in the sweet spot of like me as a person. So like I'm probably like I'm like I love I love the the individual part of our job. I love the team part of our job. I love being social, but I like concentrating on my own project. I'm about the right size of a hitter, you know, not to say there's like, there's of course Altuve and Aaron judge, but I, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a good size. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I never, never once did I think about walking, walking away. It doesn't, I'm just not there yet. It, it would feel like, um, it'd feel like I'd be tapping out. I, I was messaging some teammates of mine, ex and, and current while I was like right before I decided to take 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 the route towards the surgery. And I was like, I'm gonna fight through this sort of thing. And then when I started, when it was like consistently affecting my sleep, where I couldn't sleep through the night, I was like, how it's so hard to play every day if you're not capable of recovering. So, you know, took that took the MRI step and then took the surgery step. So I was fortunate to have really good guidance from good doctors, I think. So that's good. You know, I am The last five to seven years, I have watched you very closely on the field. I mean, obviously, your talent is one thing. I'm talking about your demeanor. Mm -hmm. You have become one of the fan favorites of baseball. Your interaction with fans, you you have a constant smile on your face, it feels like. Um, Was that a cognizant change for you at some point? Because it felt like you were striving for perfection for so long it felt like maybe you couldn't enjoy and perfect your craft at the same time am i reading that wrong you know um it, i think it was it was partly you know i i wanted to be i wanted to be a good player and i wanted to be i wanted to reach my potential but honestly when i signed when i signed that longer contract i felt like a lot of pressure on i felt a lot of pressure to perform and to live up to it you know, there's something about, uh, you know, going about town and being like, the, uh, I don't know. I just, it's hard to explain. I just, I just didn't want to be 
you know, I didn't want to deal with um, the sort of like, uh, I don't know what the, how to explain. I didn't want to be, I, I didn't want to get hammered on publicly and mm -hmm. be told that I, 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 I was like um, s s a problem with the team um, financially. I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. I just didn't want to be a burden and I wanted to perform well. And I wanted to, you know, my, my employer, my boss took a major leap, uh, signing me and, you know, I'm, we're in basically the smallest market in our sport. And so a contract like, like they, the one they committed to me, um, is really stands out. And I just, I wanted to do right. It's not that much more than that. I just didn't want, and so I felt like I needed to be serious for a long time. And when I started to have more faith in my ability, you know, it takes time to like, to, I think, realize the, the recipe of your own success. And it took me a bit of time. And even last year, I realized I failed my own recipe. You know, I was a bit too I, distracted with social media. I was injured you know i didn't have i'd take enough time to get ready for the season as far as like you know the cba thing abbreviated spring training kind of i used you know just little things that culminated to my to my poor performance um uh you know so yeah i i i, I don't know i just um i just feel like i'm i'm a little bit more comfortable in my own skin on the field and so, yeah. yeah, it takes time sometimes. So, yeah, I respect the hell out of that. But like, I think that was one of my favorite things about watching Pujols last year. I was like, I didn't know that guy had teeth until 2022. He was smiling all the time, but he was, I mean, the guy's nicknamed the machine. And that's what, you know, I think there's a got to play. Well, we're in the, we're in the, we're in the, uh, like they say in the NBA, you're in the make or miss. It's a make or miss game, right? We're in the performance industry. You know, you're only as good as how well you perform. You can smile all you want. You can laugh and joke. But ultimately, we have to entertain through execution, through through performing well. And so, you know, I, I accept that as part of the equation. And uh, Albert played amazing last year. And sure did. he got the send off he deserved. But uh, I don't know. It's just um, you have to play well. Yeah, but you found that balance a few years ago is what I'm saying. I mean, I'm I'm applauding you for... I don't think enough guys enjoy the ride. I'm talking about elite players. You know, like, same thing with Jeter. I, I wondered if if he enjoyed it enough. It's hard being know? good, man. It's hard being good. And I, I don't want to say it's hard being good. It's hard at this level because there's, you know, everyone's pulling from the same, same rope. Everyone has a grip on the same rope. Mm -hmm. And if you let off a little bit, someone will take it out, take it from you happily. Happily, don't you? I mean, Jeter was fending off shortstops for 20 years, fending off, fending off playing third base, fending off the DH position, fending off someone trying to take his job. And uh, and if you don't have seriousness about it, if you don't, if you don't have, you know, some some uh, resiliency, you're going to get, I think, taken over. So.
Hey, 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 what's going on, guys? The NFL playoffs are alive and well, and two conference championship games are left, and only a few shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And counting down the days to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Stepped-up SGPs, baby! Take your shot in an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE. New customers can bet just $5 on the championship games and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now back to the show. A couple more and then I'll let you go. And I really appreciate your time as always. Um, once you got injured, you did get to wear the Barry Larkin jersey and go be a fan. Yeah. What was the one thing you realized about baseball that maybe you didn't know before you took in that Reds game that night? The game's more intimate than you realize. They can you can hear more. No, um, not necessarily anywhere, but you can hear what's going on the, on the field. It seems like we're so far away. You feel like you're you're Im- immune to the ears, or you can you you know. But but fans are are seeing see just about everything, um, especially the ones that pay close attention and get to know you. The game's faster hmm. than I realized while being on the field. Uh, so it's faster, it's more intimate, and most, most some there's a percentage of fans that pay attention and some that don't. So uh, you know you, when you're playing, you think that like everyone's got their eyes, but like oftentimes people are on the phone or chatting with their friends or like creating you know. Uh, creating sort of stories about each player or the relationships between players. So I think, I think that um, I really, I'm a fan. It's funny. I never watch baseball, never, never, never watch baseball. And I would much prefer going to a game than watching it on television, just because of the casual nature, you can make it as casual or as serious as you want. Um, and I think of all the sports, if I didn't play baseball, it would be the one I would be most most interested in going to because you it can it can be anything you want, you know, and and um and you get to sit outside. It, much of the summer can be beautiful in a lot of these cities. Uh, the stadiums are are really friendly. Most of the stadiums are really friendly. And um, you know, I we t- it, the, there's a lot of conversation about the direction of baseball. And of course, there's some changes to be made, but uh, I do think it's a I, I do think there's a, a real beauty beauty to the game for sure. You know, and it's it's a it's a very natural thing. It's a, a rock being thrown at a caveman with a club. You know, it's like <laughs> catching something, hitting something, throwing something feels very, you know, feels very um, feels very human. Oh, man. And I'm sure you didn't boo any of your teammates. I'm sure you were cheering loudly for them that day. Yeah, that goes back to the intimacy. I I, I didn't say I yelled at Aquino like I, I said hello and I didn't say it too loudly. And he turned around and waved back at me and he was like, 
Harry Larkin? Is that you? He's like, yep, it's me. Yeah. Hey, why'd you ditch the beard? I was digging that thing. Yeah, I, I, I knew at some point I would probably have to shave, so I just got, I just, I just got ready for it. Yeah. God, yeah, look at that right. look, man. I keep being told I look like dude from Ex Machina. What's his name? What's that fellow that's in that the he's I think he also did uh he was a main character from a Star Wars movie also. Oh okay. Yeah, I'm terrible with names. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, that's right. Yeah. Good job, Rob Scirocco. Way to pull that out of nowhere. Nice yes. work. Um before we let you go, we started yeah. with chess. We'll finish with chess. You got to meet Gary Kasparov? Yeah, I did in St. Louis. St. Louis and what a lot of people don't know is St. Louis is a is a bit of a uh, chess hub. Oh. Yeah, there's like the, there's the, there's the St. Louis Chess Club there and they have lots of major tournaments there. And apparently it's supposed to be beautiful. If I'm not mistaken, the owner of the Cardinals is connected to it in some way. He may be a major donator is what I think I've heard. Oh. But St. Louis is I asked somebody one time and they said, yeah, St. Louis is more or less the chess capital of the world. And, um, and it's common for a lot of the best, best uh, chess players to roll through, to roll through St. Louis. So I've never visited the club, but I, you know, once I found out there was some COVID restrictions, but at some point in the not too distant future, I'll stop by there. But I spend most of my time on the chess.com app, which is I think the most famous one, the most well-known one. And uh, I'm trying to work my ELO, my rating up as, as high as I can so I can get in and play some real matches. So, yeah, but when, when you meet Kasparov, you're like, yeah, you want to meet online. He's, a great, he's probably the greatest chess player of all time. A lot of people say Magnus or Bobby Fischer, but Gary was the was was uh, the number one chess player for a really long time. And he, he bridged multiple generations, which I think sp speaks to how great he is and um he was a, a, a i'll tell you one story before we go so i'm playing um on my phone sitting in my chair before a cardinals game before we play the cardinals and somebody taps me on the shoulder and say hey uh gary kasparov Kas kasparov Kas gary, uh, gary's outside <laughs> and before he finishes the you know finishes kasparov or whatever i run outside as fast as i can now i'm not a crazy chess fan but i recognize the best of the best right and um so i get outside and i shake hands with him meet him chat a little bit and we don't have a lot in common right there's only so many things in, uh, we have in common um but i said i've got a i've got a a chess game going right now and he goes oh all right let me see and so in chess i'm not sure how familiar you are with with the with the game with the sport the queen is the most powerful piece. Yes. And I'm in a position that was, let's call it even. In chess, you can really tell what's even and what's ahead, what's behind. And um, my queen was out in the middle of play. So it's called the middle game. There's like the, the opening, middle game, and then end game. And I'm in the middle game. Um, sacrificing your queen is the worst thing you can possibly yes. do. So I take my the thing out we're looking at together and he goes, okay, do this. And he sacrificed my queen. And I like wanted to grab it from him and, and be like, dude, my rating. Like, but he ends up sacking my queen and ends up putting together this 
you know, this ballet of of moves that that resulted in like tying my opponent's hands together. And my only regret, I think often about this, and I ended up getting a, a res- resignation from 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 who I was how uh, my opponent, excuse me. The only thing I regret in the chat is not saying you don't realize who just beat you. You know, <laughs> the satisfaction I think my opponent would have got, like hell yes, don't realize like you just got beat by Gary Kasparov. Like this is a special moment for you. Please consider keeping this game for the rest of your life. You played Gary Kasparov. But I don't, I actually have that. What I should do at some point is post that on my Instagram, the, the, the moves that result, I'll look it up and look at the date. Maybe I'll, I'll post that on my Instagram, the moves that resulted in, in, in the win. I thought it was such a charming game to, 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 to take on because he's on, he's on that Mike Trout, Lionel Messi, LeBron James level, yes. you know, the, the greats of the greats. And uh, yeah, so. Could you imagine, though, if you get like a message from your opponent, by the way, Gary Kasparov just beat you and he's probably sitting there going, what an asshole. This guy thinks he's as good as Gary Kasparov. Really? Like I say, even when Gary's not around, I say that to my opponent. So, yes, it's like I could imagine that. But with me, it probably isn't true. It's just me talking mess. So, yeah, Oh, that is good. Um, It is great catching up with you. I do appreciate your offseason time. I know that. uh you're working hard to get get healthy for the spring and then the long run in the summer. And I wish you luck. I appreciate it. We'll catch up again, hopefully down the line. Yeah, let's do that at some point. I'll brush up on my Queen's Gambit and we'll be we'll be on our way. You watched. You had to watch the whole thing, didn't you? Yeah. I, I watched it. I thought the, the main character was was so interesting. So I thought she did an excellent job. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank Rob Butcher of the Cincinnati Reds for hooking us up as always. Joey Votto, best to you and your entire family. Uh, we'll see you on the baseball field there in the near future. A shout out to the one and only best producer in the biz, Robbie Scirocco. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.